Blocked by Purdue, and the Boilermakers are moving on. Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast. I'm Corey Palm with uh, head coach Dave Shondell. Coach, uh, it's been a been a good week for the Boilermakers. Uh, a couple nice wins on the docket uh, at Ohio State in four, and then uh, last night over the Hoosiers in four on Beelan Court. Uh, overall takeaways from this week and how your team responded. Yeah, thanks, Corey. Um, I think we all knew it was going to be a big week um, coming off the uh, loss at IU on the Wednesday before that um, we were going to see who we were, you know, whether we were as good as we think we are. And uh, Ohio State, obviously, is a team that is is rebuilding as far as Ohio State standards are concerned. They lost, you know, six really good players from a year ago, most of which are playing somewhere else in the Big Ten yeah. right now. One also at Tennessee, one at Washington. Uh, but they also do have Londot and Raider who are back and uh, great recruits that have come, you know, to play in Columbus. So um, we've had we've had good success over there at the Cavelli Center, and so I always feel pretty good when we go over there. And um, and we weren't great that that entire match, but we were good enough when we needed to be, including after being down 17-12 in the fourth set mm-hmm. um, to roll back and and win that one in extra digits. But it was a great feeling to get out of there with a win because it was one that we really really needed. For a lot of different reasons, not just to um, see if we could bounce back after that loss at Indiana, but you know we're in the thick of a good finish in, in the Big Ten right now. Um, we're playing first of all to get into the NCAA tournament, and then you know hopefully to get a seed after that. And so you know matches against teams like Ohio State and then the other one against Indiana are all really big because I think those are also two teams that are fighting for the same things. Mm-hmm. You know, they think they've got opportunities to make the tournament. Unfortunately, Ohio State's win-loss record's gonna be a problem. You know, they last two years, they've scheduled so tough in non-conference and have not won their fair share of those. Now, a year ago, they were, they were so good, they rolled through the Big Ten and, and finished in the upper third, I think, mm-hmm. of the upper three of the Big Ten. Uh, this year, I don't think they have quite that kind of ammunition mm-hmm. uh, to do that. So. Um, they're having a little bit of an uphill battle right now, I think, to become uh, 500 on, on the season overall, which makes you eligible for NCAA tournament play. Yeah, we thought our, our schedule was hard, and it was. But yeah. when you look at, you look at uh, their slate in the non-conference, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it, you talk about how important those, these two matches are. Going into last night, uh, the difference between fourth and ninth in the Big Ten was one game. Yeah, there's so many teams that are that are really fighting for those you know those upper third spots right now. Purdue, IU, and Ohio State in that mix, along with uh, a, a few others. Right, that makes these head-to-head battles even more important. Yeah, and and we're just trying to get better. Yeah, I mean at the end of the day, we're working really hard in practice. We know the kind of things that we need to improve upon to make our team hard to beat. And you know one of those things is blocking. And we've worked really hard with our middle blockers about certain blocking moves that they have to get better at. Raven Colvin goes on and puts a, puts on an absolute show. Last night, uh, we've talked with Lourdes Myers about how active she needs to be offensively, that if we can get our two middles rolling, which I think will happen. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of getting a freshman center, connecting with you know a sophomore and junior uh, middle attacker. But as that continues to progress, we become harder and harder uh, to lock into. I mean, even last night, you could see that it, Indiana was trying to what we call release block, 
when you have Chloe and Eva on the left side, those are household names. Okay, everybody in the world of volleyball right now knows who those two people are, even though they're just a freshman and a sophomore. So the middle blockers are going to be leaning, at least leaning, if not already taking three or four strides to get to them before the ball is even set. Yep. So that opens up all kinds of opportunities for your middles, for your right side player, for your backcourt attack, which we have one of the best in the country mm -hmm. right now, you know, with both Eva and Chloe and anybody else for that matter hitting out of the back row. So when all that stuff starts to come to fruition, then you become very dangerous. And a lot of that still is, you know, resting on the shoulders of a, a young setter who I thought was marvelous last night. I thought she did a good job of distributing the ball yes. and giving good balls to hit as well as serving the ball tough, playing defense, blocking balls, thought that, that uh, Taylor Anderson had a really, really good match, probably her best match of her career so far. I agree, and, and it showed up, you know, she had, she still showed up in the block, but her distribution was great. I was, unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there last night, so I was following along. The guys did a nice job. I, I listened to some of it after good. I got home last night because I couldn't get on the volley metrics to watch the end zone view, so I just wanted to watch. Yeah. And uh, the, the guys were well-informed and, and did a nice job. They do a great job. I, I was watching, following along statistically, the diversified attack last night. Yeah. The fact that you had five hitters with five or more kills, yeah. uh, that's that's really good distribution. Yeah, by far the, the I guess, most balanced that mm -hmm. we have had all season, and I think that's something we've – been trying to encourage Taylor to do, get more comfortable with the middle. She's very comfortable with her classmate on the right side, whether it be Kenna Woolard or, or it be Grace Haynes. She has no problem firing the ball back there. But the timing of the middle and, and setting these players that, you know, want a ball a certain way can sometimes, you know, slightly intimidate a young setter. But um, that was why the beauty of last night was how many balls she did set to those players. I think probably 40, almost 40 sets went to our middles, yeah, and a lot of those went to the floor. Now, hard to really say that because Lourdes is just dominating on overpasses right now. I mean, she's an overpass queen at this point. Great length. She is so long. Really health. So yep. long. I mean, she, you know, she's listed at 6'3", but with the arm length she has, she's more like she's 6'5". And, you know, and she has so much talent. But we have another player that we haven't even hardly seen this year, <laughs> Lizzie Carr, yep. uh, is just playing so extremely well in practice. And it's, again, it's, I look at our, our depth that we have, and I told our guys this before the match yesterday. I said, we've never had, in, in the 21 years I've been at Purdue, more arms, mm -hmm. more great arms than we have right now. And uh, I said, look at, look at Rastowski. You know, Emily hasn't played hardly at all in the Big Ten season. And in practice, the other night, she went like, like 13 for 13 in the first, and we were doing some team plays. She just bombed the balls. Nobody could stop her. And it's just one of those things where, you know, you're – you roll the dice like we did with Heaney, and she's playing really, really well. As long as she plays and we win, then you know we're not going, you know, Mickey Mouse around with the lineup too much. But when the time comes, then whether it be Kenneth Wollard or it be Emily Rastovsky or it be Lizzie Carr or it be Emily Brown, they've always got to be ready to step in because that's how it works in college athletics. You get your chance, you take advantage of it. That's how a good team becomes great is having that depth and and people who are able to. Well, step and it up. really is, Corey. I mean, yeah. in practice. We have to, you know, we've got some practice guys. We normally have two practice guys a day that come in. Uh, it's different people. Mm -hmm. they, they've got their class schedule, but they come in and they, they supply great competition for us. But so does Brielle Warren and Emily Rastovsky and Lizzie Carr and, and, and all those people yep. that you, you, you have to pay attention to because they really do simulate at this level some of the, 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 the top players in the Big Ten the way that they're playing right now. So 
But anyway, uh, I was really pleased back to Taylor Anderson just doing a great job of getting the ball and spreading the, the ball around and, and not making it so, you know, outside hitter uh, dimensional. The other thing that uh, we saw last night, it, it's real easy to compare and contrast you know, a match against your rival when they're a week apart. You cut down the errors uh, pretty immensely last night. Only two blocking errors for the whole match. Only 14 attackers in four sets. Uh, that's That's half of what the IU attack had. Now, it wasn't the cleanest match that we've seen from them all year, but your block had a lot to do with that. Uh, it just was, was that a major focus going in? I mean, you guys hit over 300 at OSU. You cut down in the area significantly last night. Are they cleaning that up? Well, we did last yeah, night. Right. Uh, we were back at home. I think when you, when you have a young team, you're going to see it a higher level of play at home than you might see on the road. Just like Indiana, even though they're not extremely young, they were better at home yeah. than they were here. Um, let me say this about Indiana. They are one tough team yeah. defensively. Even when we were in the fourth set, when we were on top of our game and, and we're you know, outscoring them you know, down the stretch, how hard it was to put balls away against them. That little middle back player okay, made about three unbelievable plays on Chloe down the line in succession. And they, they just fight and they scrap, and that, that, that's an NCAA tournament team. There's no doubt about it. And they've got one of the best setters in the country, and the, and the, and the Ramblesburg in the middle is just an absolute beast. And, and one of their left sides wasn't very good last night. But, again, you mentioned it. When you start blocking people, it changes the, the mentality of an opponent. Yep. And, you know, obviously we had a lot of people involved in, that, in the block parade, but Raven Colvin is so good right now. She is so electric and so fast getting to the outside. She doesn't need to release block anywhere. She's as quick as she is by far yeah. the quickest middle we've ever had at Purdue. And even though she's not six foot three, uh, she certainly plays like it with her jumping ability, how fast she is to be able to get to the spots and get over the net. She still knows she has some things to work on, and that's what I was so proud of last night was to see how she was going up with a little more width with her blocking and dropping the inside hand and taking away some of that angle that we've been giving up a lot. So Really, really fun to watch, um, you know, Raven play. And um, but blocking does certainly affect the mentality of the opponent's offense. The other thing that's fun to watch with Raven, the athleticism really comes through when when you see how fast she reloads. Yeah. She'll go in for a block, and she's up full transition. If that doesn't work, she's, she's right back up there again. Yeah. She, you know, if it's two steps to the left, she's there and, so quick. And I told our team after the match, you know, I said leadership is shown in so many different ways. Yeah. Best form of leadership was watching Raven Cole for the night where she was determined that she was going to work harder than anybody in America in that match. And, and she did. And, and, and how can you not get on board when you see that? And so, to me, that, that was a great show of leadership. Absolutely. And a match that we had to win. Yeah, yeah. A must win for so many different ways for, for, the, for the rest of the season. Get, get uh, things going back in the right track to string a couple together with, with the stretch of matches you got coming up. We're going to talk about that next, uh, right after the break. Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Now back to the show. All right, Coach, you head to Penn State this Sunday. Still on that uh, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday schedule. Uh, gives you another day of prep time uh, to get ready for the Nitty Lions. That game, 1 o'clock on FS1, if you can't make it out to, to Pennsylvania, which is most of our fan base, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, what sort of challenges do, does Penn State pose? Well, 
they're one of the three best teams in the conference right now, and they have a lot of experience. Um, they have a fifth-year setter. They have a fifth-year left-side hitter. They have a right-side player who isn't playing as much right now. That's a fifth-year kid. And they got a senior in the middle. They got Taylor Trammell, who played here for a couple of years, who's a tremendous blocker yep. in the other middle spot. Um, you know, they, they've just – they're playing well. They play a lot of confidence. They're one of the more physical teams in the Big Ten. I mean, you know, athlete per athlete, they're going to be right at the top uh, of this league because they've got, they've got some people that are really mature and have really developed and are playing well. Um, so I, I think it starts with Merzik, who is the, uh, the big outside hitter that transferred from Michigan as a fifth-year player, having a great year um, for sure. I think their two middles are, are really good. Um, Holland is both good on both sides of the ball. You know, for a while, Taylor Trammel was more of a blocking uh, middle. And now this year, um, with the new setter that's come in that delivers the ball to the middles very well, she, her, her hitting percentage has skyrocketed the number of balls she's getting. Uh, they've got a new player transferred from Clemson that's playing on the right side, a kid out of the Chicago area, great athlete. Um, and then they're, they're kind of rotating a couple people in and out of the other left side position, but both great athletes, both big-time recruits. So, um, you know, they're, they're really good. Uh, obviously, the setter is uh, Mac Bedraza mm-hmm. that played at Ohio State, was a setter of the year in the Big Ten last year. So they've, they've got all, all, the, all the ponies they need uh, to have a lot of success, and, and they have had that. You know, they, what happened, one of the things I think they, they benefited from this, uh, I think on, may have been on Fox Sports somewhere, that big, big match early in the season, they were down at Louisville, and they were just as bad as they could be. And I think that that... That really jolted uh, the whole operation, and I'm sure that uh, Katie Schumacher, Collie went in and um, and lit a few fires after that one because they've been really, really good ever since. I think the only loss they've had since then has been the one at Nebraska. Yep. I think it was at Nebraska or yeah. Wisconsin. It was, it was, it was just at Nebraska. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, so, and then you go out and play at their place, so they, they'll have a big crowd there, and uh, they win a lot of matches there uh, at Rec Hall. But I, I think we're in a pretty good place. Go out there and compete. Um, I think our team is, is starting to get better, and we've got great competitors. And this is the kind of team that will look forward to the opportunity to go out and see what we can do in Happy Valley. That's good to, to have that team with that mentality. It's yeah. like, okay, we've got, we've got a veteran team with, that's had a lot of success that we're going up against in front of a hostile crowd, a, a place that's you know legendary in the way of their success. And let, let's, let's go see what we can do. I, I like that. Has any team in the Big Ten been, uh, been as aggressive as Penn State? You said they were transferred about five times there as you're going through their roster. They're very, uh, very veteran team, but maybe not veteran together. It's a lot of uh, yeah. Well, lot of I think you know there was a coaching change there a year ago. Yep, this is the second year mm-hmm. for Katie, and so you know a lot of things happen when when coaching changes are made. Uh, it's a great time for people to decide. If they want to leave and yep. and people that want to come, it's not hard for a school like Penn State to get people off the portal. I mean, the reputation is pretty good, and and you know other factors involved allowed them to get some pretty good players. Um, so, you know, I mean, they're yeah, they're like you mentioned, the chemistry looks pretty good right now mm-hmm. for them. You know, I think when you watch them play Louisville, chemistry didn't look that good, but you know, getting beat isn't fun. Yeah, and so that sometimes that's a great motivator. And they certainly are. They're certainly playing at a very high level, right? That's now. another interesting thing that I think you said is is you know as a coach sometimes you never want to lose, but sometimes if you lose to a really good opponent close, 
it can mask some things. Right. Sometimes if you get smoked, right. it's it's hard to ignore the ugly. Yeah. And you have to address it. It, it, it sort of, uh, I, I know you've probably had that situation a, a time or two in your history. Everybody, I'm sure everybody that's coached very long <laughs> has enjoyed that experience. But I, I think I think Katie Schumacher-Cauley does a, a wonderful job. And uh, she's a great fit. She was a player at Penn State. She has assistant coach for Russ Rose for a while. And uh, then went away as a head coach and then came back as an assistant and was the right choice to be given that job. And uh, it'll be fun to go out and see her and, and compete against her team. Definitely. Now we are halfway through the Big Ten. Uh, officially uh, almost. almost. We're nine games in. We, we are nine. So Sunday will be ten. Um, like you said, Penn State is, is in the top three. They are currently... Third, Wisconsin, Nebraska are, are on, and they play. Top. And they play on Saturday. They play on Saturday uh, at Nebraska, and I guess uh, seats are going for four or five hundred dollars uh, a piece in the upper sections and lower sections. More money than that, obviously. So, I mean, it's just an indication, you know, what what volleyball, uh, where it is right now. It's just it's just exploded. And I saw last night that uh, Texas was playing TCU on. Uh, I think it's ESPN uh, two maybe. Yeah. And there was a football game supposed to come on, and normally football is going to over overrule anything by volleyball, but they kept that five setter on mm. all the way through about the second quarter, and uh, just an indication again that volleyball has the attention of of TV, and for good reason. Absolutely, it's got to be so gratifying, uh, given your history, given your your family's history in trying over the. Decades to grow this game to volleyball's having a moment right now, and and a lot of people are sitting up and taking notice. They really are, and and not just at the college level, but club level has been blowing up for a long time. The number of young kids that are playing volleyball dwarfs any other sport right now in, in this country. And uh, now we got pro leagues popping up mm-hmm. in, in this country. It's been hard to get them to uh, to survive, but uh, this year we're going to have three separate professional volleyball leagues. Uh, and I hope that at least one or two of them do flourish. Uh, I think one of them has the resources that there's no way they can't help but, um, but survive. Uh, but that's great for all these college players. I mean, yeah. If you're playing the Big Ten, you got you got a chance to go and play professional volleyball. I mean, it's kind of a pro league at, as it is with the kind of talent that's in this league. But uh, but anyway, yeah, you got big match on Saturday uh, with Wisconsin, who I think right now is really starting to play well. Early in the season, they were they were. Um, not playing to their level. They were kind of getting by. Uh, for yeah, but now they're punching people in the mouth. Um, and so I know they have to go to Nebraska, and Nebraska's a really good defensive team. I saw that Krause was not playing last night, had an ankle injury against Northwestern. So whether she's in the lineup or not will have something to do with it. I think Wisconsin's completely healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the match at Nebraska, I think it's probably a crapshoot at this point. That's how I'd call that. Penn State is in third place with just the one loss. Yep. Um, I think we're in fourth we're right fourth. now yep. uh, with three losses. Then you have uh, some more teams that, that are right be- below there. I, I, I think it's just too hard to try to make anything out of that yet. Yeah. Uh, because when I look at, who, at, at, the, at the schedules, some people have had really tough conference schedules some people have not <laughs> even even a, a, like Wisconsin they haven't played a lot of good teams yet all right and look at Purdue we haven't played a plethora of good teams that's, we've had that's Nebraska true. we've had Ohio State we've had Indiana twice so there's four teams that are in the upper half <laughs> okay but 
we've got them coming. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got Minnesota twice still. We've got Wisconsin twice to go. We've got another one with Ohio State. Um, you know, we still have a lot in the in the back half of this of this uh, schedule that's going to test us um, on a regular basis. Absolutely, uh, go out and go out and do the best that you can. You know, compete and uh, and and get some of those wins. Keeping keeping the team with the right attitude going in, uh, uh, rising to the challenge. I think has got to be you know, foremost on your mind, right? Well, I think that's what allows certain teams to have success in this league is how how well do they as a team get prepared to play each match. And timing is everything. Um, yeah, it's easy to, to bounce back after you get beat. But when you win a couple, are you going to still have that same irritation? Okay, as I told our team yesterday, when I met with them around 3 o'clock, I let them know I was irritated. Okay, and kind of being funny, but also letting them know that I was irritated yeah. uh, about losing to Indiana uh, in that match down there and not, not playing our best volleyball and, and, and help them understand the magnitude of this match that we were going to play against our rival at our gym. Um, and that whoever won the match was going to be in fourth place in the league and whoever loses the match is going to be not as close to fourth right. place. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that, that go into why we needed to win that match. And um, so it helped. We got off to a good start, and we played well. But this league is going to be uh, – I mean, I think I think Nebraska and Wisconsin are the, are the top dogs. I don't think there's any question about that right now. They're really talented. One's got all the experience. One's just got incredible young talent. Um, and then Penn State, we'll see. Uh -huh. I mean, I think that they – like I said, their physical is all get out. Uh, they got veteran players. Um, and um, I, I think that – I think we got a chance – you know, to compete with them. We're going to play them twice, home and home. And those will be big matches both times we play Penn State. 1 o'clock on Sunday on FS1. Uh, check that out. It'll be a heck of a lot more entertaining than whatever uh, NFL game you might think you, you want to watch instead. Watch the watch the Boilermakers against the Nanny Lions. You'll be, you'll be very happy. There'll be a lot of people on channels, certainly surfing some channels, and if they pick up a close match, a hotly contested affair, uh, at Rec Hall, maybe they'll hang on and watch uh, the Boilermakers and the Nittany Lions. Okay. One thing, um, last night uh, we had a moment of silence for Kathy Biggs. Yes. And Kathy Biggs was one of the sweetest, most positive, selfless staff members that I've ever known at Purdue University. And uh, she passed away uh, very quickly, uh, basically Lou Gehrig's yeah. disease. I know there's another name for that, but um, God, just it's just broke my heart that I woke up yesterday and got that news uh, when it was just about three months ago she found out that she you know was sick and you know I think we all have to number one be thankful for people like her and and what she did and never forget the kind of person she was and the impact she had but also look at this world and think that you know you just never know mm -hmm. you know when you're when your number is going to be called or your best friend or your mom or your sister or your dad or whoever it might be are going to go but Kathy Biggs was a delight. She was a breath of fresh air every time that you walked in. You spent a lot of time in Holloway Gym and other places in Mackey Arena for women's basketball. Kathy Biggs was always there. And uh, her mom was one of our secretaries when I first got here. Her mom's name is Leah and just a, a tremendous woman, very calm and very quiet. But I can see why Kathy Biggs was such a wonderful woman because she came from pretty good stock. But um, but she's gone now. But we will never forget her. Absolutely, uh, a machine this big takes a lot of a lot of people behind the scenes, and, and not yeah. a lot of people knew her. That, right, because she just did her job. That was her job. 
And uh, but she, you know, every single volleyball match since I've been here at Purdue in Holloway Gym, she was a, the facilities coordinator, making things go for us. Kathy will be missed for for certain, and, yeah. and a nice moment last night to to honor her. Yeah, thank you, thank you.